Hey guys, welcome back to the Real Raw Real. How y'all doing? Today we are going <laughs> to Today we're going to go about getting to know our host and we are focusing on Stephanie today. All right. So, our three in the house, Steph, Brandy, how you doing? Doing. I'm here, girlfriend. Doing good. Hey. All right. And how is your Sunday going so far? Not bad. All right. Okay. So, we're going to hop right into it. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Let's go. Let's get to know Steph. Hey. Of the crew. And the silent storm, I'd like to say, because when she hop up on that stage, it's a storm that we're not ready for, but you don't know that it's coming. <laughs> yeah, she definitely is one of those that, what is this saying, like, prep or, you know, preparing silence or something like that? And then they show up and it's like, oh, hey, hey, girl. Oh, hello. <laughs> hey. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's get going. Yeah. So we want to know, first of all, just introduce yourself again. You could tell us a little bit about your background if you want to throw that in there, because we always got to represent. <laughs> and then let us know how long you've been competing. So my name is Stephanie and my IG handler is GTGal6. She's throwing the IG handle in there. She's throwing accent. And I am from Guyana. Um, been in America a long time, so I have my citizenship and all that good stuff. I um, have been competing since 2019. Um, my first show was in Virginia in April, and it's going to be a show I never forget. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, it was the... I'm not really the type of person that likes to wear heels, or at least I wasn't, I should say, in the past. I'm still iffy, but way more comfortable than I used to be. So that was a, that and the two-piece bikini was a really hard thing for me. <laughs> really hard, but we got it done and here we are several years later. Still wearing that two-piece bikini and rocking <laughs> yes. it. And killing Ooh. it on the posing, too. Yes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, girl. All right. So you've so, been competing since 2019. Mm -hmm. right? Um, but like how did you even get into it? How did you find out competing was even a thing or that you were even interested in trying? So that that's funny. Um so I joined a gym because I was kind of feeling stressed and uh, the gym offered a trainer. So I worked with a trainer for a while and there would always be this one lady in the gym and she just looked so good. And I would always comment and he would always hear me. He'd say, you know, you should go say hi to her. I'm like, no, that's okay. Um, then he, we went from single training to group training and then one day we had just finished group training and she was walking by and he went over and he talked to her and he was like, hey, you know, I want you to meet somebody. Um, we've been talking to her about competing because a lot of the trainers that I worked with said I should compete, but I didn't really think it was for me. I didn't know anything about competing. And um, he introduced me to her. And my grandma had just passed away. Her name was Patricia. And the lady, we started talking and she said, you know, 
<clears throat> my name is Patricia. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe it's a sign. <laughs> we are sign people. So we started talking and she was like, you know, if you like, you can try and work out with me and see how you like it. So I was like, okay. So I tried, I survived. And in the process of surviving, um, she's like, you know, because she's a competitor and her husband's a competitor. They both go to the same gym. And she and her husband's like, you know, we really think you should consider competing. Um, and they kind of laid a foundation. They took me to um, competitions, like local competitions. So I went to NBC competitions and I went to IFBB pro competitions so I can kind of see the difference. And they would kind of walk me through each class, what they were looking for. You know, is that something you're interested in? And kind of talk me through it. And then December of 2018, the husband was like, okay, we're doing a show in April. <laughs> no questions asked. Everybody sign up for the show. We're all doing it. So no choice. Like, right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm doing a show in April. But um, it, it was definitely good motivation. And up to this day, I still work out with them sometimes. And I see them in the gym all the time. And everybody at the gym swears that they're my parents. Their daughter has allowed me to call them mom and dad. So when people ask, oh, how's your mother? How's your dad? Mm -hmm, they're doing good. They're good. <laughs> they're good. All right. Like, cool. Keep it moving. <laughs> That's like beautiful beginnings, though. Like, I love how they kind of, um, like you said, laid the foundation and then they introduce you to everything slowly. And then he gave me no choice at it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like no, you guys are taking too long. We're, we're doing this. Come on. You know, so it was like, it was like a healthy push. Because yeah. look at now, look at where you are. But just the way that it all came about, it was so like progressive. It didn't just, you didn't just hop in there, which is okay too. But yeah. you know, that, that journey is a different type of journey that you don't always hear um, like all competitors talk about. So I think that was really cool that they were able to, to do that for you and start you off on that like very positive track into the game. Yeah, I that definitely helped. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. So yeah. when they told you about you should compete, what were they thinking you should compete in? Or did you already, mm -hmm. once you started looking at the shows and going to the shows, did you have an idea in mind? Because if I understand correctly, you were not an athlete prior to competing, right? Right. Uh, I didn't, well, they didn't really have anything in mind necessarily. They wanted me to seat the different class so I can personally pick like which category do you feel more comfortable in? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> which one can you see yourself? Okay, I have to do this to get on stage, but when I get off stage, I have to still live in that same body. Are you going to still appreciate how you look off stage or it's going to be one of those where you're like, I don't like the way I look. I like it for stage, but not for everyday life sort of thing. So that's kind of what they kind of stuck in my head. Okay. That's, that's really cool. That's actually a really valid point. It's like, are you going to be okay with how you look out, outside of that? Because I love a wellness body. Love it. I don't know if I <laughs> want to deal with fitting my quads and pants every single day. <laughs> that's definitely fun. But they didn't it beautiful. Not always look like man. That's some work. Then I look at my legs. I'm like, man. 
That's the worst. Right. Right. Girl, a thing. They didn't have wellness when you started anyway, right? So was the default closest thing for you? Well, if I'm being honest, um, my goal was to do the one day you didn't have to wear heels. (laughs) Then I saw what they had to do, and I was like, no, I can't do that. What is the next best thing that I can do? So then I was like, uh, I don't know if I can do bikini. It's very like, like sexy. I don't know if I can do that. How about figure? And then they were like, mm, you'd have to wait a lot longer to kind of grow into figure. And I was like, well, I guess I can try bikini and see how it goes. So ended up in bikini. Um, and then wellness came out. They started talking about wellness like the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. Um, and that's when it came out and I switched from bikini to wellness because in bikini, I literally had to atrophy my legs. I hadn't done legs in five, six months. I couldn't, I couldn't do legs. Just had to let it all atrophy. And that's wild. Like the genetic genetics is crazy. I'm like, girl, you ain't do nothing. Like I know they had you running down, like run around the road in Ghana or something. <laughs> like, how is it that you didn't do anything, but also didn't have to really touch your legs? Like, what were you doing? Just cardio. Yeah, just cardio. Wow. wow. I had no idea. I never knew that till just now. Today years old. Today years old. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So did they train you for the competition or for your first competition or did you find a coach? Like how did that go? So I got a coach and um she did mostly my meal prep and posing, um, along with Sean, uh suit maker. And actually Sean did most of the posing coach i would just kind of like send videos this is where i'm at this is how i'm doing and um the couple would train me we would um do workouts to kind of more gear towards bikini and then coach would be like okay you need to stop doing legs like done don't don't touch legs again just do cardio and yeah that's where we ended up just out of curiosity, what was your favorite parts to work during that time? <laughs> Let me find out. I mean, it definitely helped me grow my upper body. That's for mm-hmm. sure. But I I definitely struggled with the not doing lower body because mm-hmm. lower body. So it was definitely a struggle. So how far into it did you get before they said, all right, you got to chill with the legs or was it like immediate, like no go? It was more immediate. When I started, technically started um, prep, like I guess beginning of December, maybe Um, found my coach. I was with my coach for, I believe about 13 weeks. Um, And like in the first couple of weeks, she was like, whatever you're doing for lower body, you need to stop. growing or were they just not coming down well they're too big so she wanted them to come down so she was like we're not 
doing any more lower body workouts. You're just going to do lower body cardio. That's it. Okay. It's wild how it's like, like, a, not a trouble or a problem, but I'm going to use those words. It's wild how that's a problem to have, but yeah. it's like such an amazing <laughs> problem. Right? Uh-huh. You know, I'm like, come on, baby, grow, grow. <laughs> They got my friend, but yeah, here you go. No, you better stop. Stop. Cut it. <laughs> you cannot touch those. It is. It was sad, but did what I had to do. How long? I'm sorry. I, I don't know if you mentioned it prior, but like, how long were you like training prior to um deciding to compete? Because I'm just thinking about the the massive leg. So, <laughs> we started. I think 2017 is when I really got into working out. Um, And then I met her. No, actually, it might have been 2016. 2017 was when I met her. And then we started working out for like a a good solid year for kind of like a foundation. And that's when they really started introducing me and, hey, you should look this up online, look into this um, federation, that federation, that sort of thing. So for about a good year and a half before we decided. Awesome. So just to keep it simple, it was like, yeah, okay, 2017, we were like a lifestyle client, then it transitioned to, you should consider this. So yeah. a year and a half of training and then... What, you said 2019 actually, yeah 2019 when you actually got on stage all right so you definitely did a lot of like building during that time for sure yeah and your first show was what was it mpc was it ocd it was mpc i never did any other organization okay did you consider or did you even know about it i knew about it um but i just Preferred NPC. Um, but I knew about the other organizations. I just, I guess I didn't know anybody that was in it. So I couldn't like get feedback from them to see like what it's like before I considered um, new people in the NPC. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. And then so you went from not knowing anything about competing to jumping in, getting your feet wet with um, bikini in the heel and bikini. Yeah. For my first show, my, I had, I had a set goal. Mm-hmm. I had a plan A and a plan B. Okay. Plan A was to make it across that stage in those heels. <laughs> plan B was if I couldn't, and I fell was to lay there. Like I pass out and don't move. <laughs> Have them take me off of that stage. <laughs> I was never going to get on it again. That would have been the end. Very Plan B works. I didn't have to worry about plan B. I was going to say, I guess, the, I guess the first plan worked. Made it across. <laughs> it was already set in my head. I was like, if, if you go down, just stay there. Don't even move. I can't imagine what that would have looked like. Right. <laughs> I mean, thankfully, it did not happen. But if you laid there on that stage, not moving, <laughs> I was going to get an up. ambulance or something. <laughs> she said I was not going to get up. Nope. Oh, no. 
Oh my god. That would have had me crying. <laughs> for sure. After we made sure you were okay for real for real. Yes. I don't know. I've probably been crying before. <laughs> like, what's going on? Like if they got up and said she's okay, but she still wasn't moving. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dang. <laughs> Need the bag. Those are my plans. That's fair. very valid. I think a very valid concern because that was mine when I first considered competing. I was like, mm, don't want to walk in heels on stage in front of everybody. I already walk like a baby giraffe anyway, so that was that's a very real like concern. Am I going to make it across the stage? Like, I'm sure many else? many people have that thought right. <laughs> still to this day. Right. But you made it across the stage, right? And so then what were your thoughts after everything was all said and done for a show? After the first show, um, it was exciting. I was like, oh, I actually did it. Um, I survived. I totally blanked out when I was on stage. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> got on the stage when I was supposed to. When they called my number, I remembered my number. I did what I was supposed to, and I, I came off. <laughs> I think I might actually do it again. <laughs> That's hey, how many shows have you competed in since, if you um, can recall? I did five for Bikini. Um, I was actually going to do four. But the last show I ended up doing last minute because I found out about it, <clears throat> my fourth show. They were doing a show. They were giving some proceeds to breast cancer. And my grandma had recently passed away with breast cancer. So I was like, oh, that'd be a good show to do to kind of like give back. So I did that one. It's my last show. And then I did three in 2020, one in 2021, and I did three in 2022. I don't know how much that is. You know, I wasn't counting. <laughs> three, one, three, seven. Did I get it right? So five. Three. Oh, five. I missed the yeah. one. Yeah. Five, three, one, and three. Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait. Five. Three, you get thirteen? One is nine. Three more. I got twelve. I think twelve. I don't do yeah. public math in real life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So what so about the one for the one coming up? Huh? I said you gave her extra one for the one coming up. One coming up, yeah, for this year. Manifesting all that good stuff. There we go. (laughs) That's a big one. Wellness, right? Mm -hmm. Was that a no-brainer for you? I think it was. um, Because I like the physique. Again, I have no issues with wearing that physique offstage, off-season. I might have to switch up my clothes a little bit, but yeah. Okay. Fair enough. We see it. That physique look good, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to get some Steph game. <laughs> right. We got to show, well, if you're okay with it, the Steph I met as a bikini competitor at Sean's Couture. Definitely. Definitely. 2023 Steph. I can't wait to see what, you, what y'all unpack <laughs> with that. That'll be fun. Right. She's coming with it, y'all. She's coming with the heat, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to get into a little bit of the real life, you know, stuff 
off stage. So we want to get into that. So if you could just, you know, let us know a little bit about what you do when you're not. Actually, let me not say not competing because that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> what you do behind the scenes, what you do in real life every day. So when it comes to your, your career and everything, share share that with us. So I'm actually an occupational therapist and I work for um, a hospital, which we consider it like an acute care facility. And all that basically means is that people are just there for like a short term period of time for it to get their um, diagnosis stable and then to transition them out either to another facility or wherever they need to go to kind of like progress their care. So from a therapy standpoint, it's basically about improving quality of life because at the end of the day, you know, we all have issues. There are certain things that I might be able to do that you might not be able to do theoretically, but how can I get that next? How can I get the other person just because they don't have the skills? How we can we integrate that into get them to be able to complete the same task, but just adapt it for them to be able to do it differently. So we look a lot at <clears throat> getting people rehabilitated and getting them back into the community so that they can be more functional. They can return to their jobs, get them in a better situation. If they're having like a lot of issues at home, their family's caring for them um, so that we can get them to a safe discharge is what they like to call it. That's what I basically do. Okay. How different is that from physical therapy i mean are these um are these patients of y'all's are they coming out of surgery and you help them with rehabilitation are they coming out of like just a general injury like where's where's that line drawn so from the acute care standpoint it's very integrated so there can be people from like all ages all stages um, it can be a trauma patient that just had a car accident. They're coming in. It should, it can be a gunshot patient. Um, it can be <clears throat> a patient that had a fall at home or a fall outside in the community. It can be a patient that was neglected at home. They're trying to figure out, you know, what's the next step, what skills they have, um, and what environment they need to place them into. So it, it varies, uh. OTs and PTs, we kind of work hand in hand in the situation. From the acute care standpoint, the PTs more so look at the individuals, like their gait, their mobility, how safe are they to be able to like navigate steps and navigate their home. But on both of our platforms, we also look at mobility, but we just look at it differently. We both look at cognition. <clears throat> Do they have the skills to function? the way they need to once they transition back. And we more so from an OT standpoint, try to look at their like self-care skills, um, executive functions, can they do A, B, and C? You know, what is their job? What skills do they need to return back to their job? If they're living alone, what skills do they need to transition back to living at home? They need to pay their bills, they need to care for themselves, care for their homes. Um, do they have the cognition enough to safely drive and navigate the community? So it all depends on what the patient's needs are, but there is a lot of crossover between the two disciplines in the hospital. 
That sounds interesting, especially when you say like trauma patients or gun <laughs> patients and all of the things. Like, have you seen it all? Would you say that? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say if you're like kind of allowed to say, because I'm not sure <clears throat> based on how it's worded, but like what is the most um, difficult or maybe... What's what's a scenario that you dealt with that you would deem as um, difficult or challenging, especially when you're on or when you have been on prep, if you can recall anything, if you're allowed to share that? Well, whether I'm on prep or not, but especially when I'm on prep, it's always difficult when you get a patient that's difficult. So when you're reading a patient's chart and you hear, oh, this patient has orders for therapy, occupational and physical therapy, and then you see written in the notes, the patient attacked a nurse, got the nurse up from where she was and got her into his bed and got on top of her. And you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? Because clearly they're functional. And now you're telling me the patient doesn't like women. I'm a woman. Now I have to go evaluate this patient. Is this really necessary? Mm-hmm. Or you have some of the patients, they're attacking the staff members. Oh, well, you can go see them. Yeah, but they're detoxing. Mm-hmm. They clearly are having tremors. They're having, you know, all kinds of visions and stuff like that. So you, you basically have to be on higher alert to basically deal with these patients um, because you don't necessarily want to trigger them because it's going to make things difficult for you. Just like some of the patients that are on the heavier side, I've had up to, I think, a 600-pound patient. Um, When you're on prep and you have to move these heavier patients that really can't help you, it really takes a lot of energy out of you. So that's where you have to kind of depend on your other co-workers to kind of work as a team to get things done because not only is it safer, but it also helps to kind of conserve a little bit more energy to get things done. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I can't imagine lifting 600 pounds of anything in the throes of prep and you do it like it seems effortlessly because again, we see staff we see her occasionally on the media, in the gym or what have you. And then the next thing we know, she's on stage looking like phenomenal. Would mm-hmm. never know that you have to deal with any of that. So um, how do you push through, like especially dealing with those patients or the difficult patients or the heavy patients or even coworkers? Like how is it working in a hospital setting and how is that how does your mindset shift if it shifts at all when you're in prep? I think um, the gym definitely helps because it, it, like I said, it helps like relieve some of the stress. But when in prep, the energy sometimes is so low. When I'm not on prep, it's a little bit easier if I have some of those bigger patients um, in, a, in a safe aspect I can manage them because I'll going to see a lot of them and I'll get a oh little girl you need to go find a man to come help you no we're going to do this together we're going to discuss what we're going to do how we're going to do it 
and we're going to do it. And then they do, and they're like, oh my gosh, you're really strong. <laughs> yep, so are you. Let's go. <laughs> but I think especially since COVID happened, um, definitely created like a better bond between myself and my staff members because we're all having a lot of issues. Um, and it's a little bit easier to kind of like reach out for help now to say, hey, you know, I have this patient. This is what they're doing. Um, we have them together. Can we kind of like schedule a time where we can go see them? Or if you're busy, there's a tech. I'll talk to him, see if he can come help me and we'll get it done. Because the nurses and the CNAs, they're not always available. They don't always have time. They don't always answer their phone. So sometimes you just got to do the best with what you have. And if I don't have any help, I do what I can in the bed from a safe standpoint. And then the next time I progress the patient, however, is appropriate. That's wild. <laughs> it's interesting how you mentioned, uh, you know, through COVID. I mean, I guess for many, <laughs> you know, it kind of assisted in that area and, you know, creating better bonds, I should say, kind of like what you just mentioned. And I'm I'm grateful that that like happened for you guys so that you can depend on them and reach out to them more and they and vice versa can do that for you. So that's great. I didn't have I didn't have a question there. It was just, you know, <laughs> just realization how it impacts or impacted everyone in multiple areas in different ways. So that was really cool that you shared that. Yeah. Do you ever want to um, I mean, we know how we get in prep. Short, short patient, short everything. Do you ever just want to snap? I know you can't, but. So for those patients, and we do have them all the time, in prep or not. So there's always a safe way to do something. And a lot of times when we see a patient doing something unsafe, such as like hand placement um, and technique, we'll try to educate them. You'll get those, oh, well, this is what I do all my life. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, well, then let's see what you got. And then they can't do it. Okay, so now that you can't, we're going to do what we just discussed. This is what you do. This is how you do it. Try it, and let's see if it works. And it works. Oh, that was pretty cool. That actually worked. Yeah. You just need to be willing to try. So I do less arguing when I'm in prep. I just try to <laughs> kind of stay because, again, you don't have a lot of energy. And, yeah, you, you kind of do get short sometimes, but it's just to kind of take a step back. Okay, I understand you're sick. You know, you might be in a difficult place. Let me try to work with you. And, you know, maybe we can come up with a compromise to get things done safely. And that usually works. If not, then... If this section is really unsafe and I cannot convince them, then I tell them, well, I'm just not going to work with you today. Because if you fall or something happens, it's not going to make things any better for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's awesome. That's, I can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot imagine. That's cool. Yeah. So that, um, you know, speaking of patients, you know, that I guess in one aspect, you said you're kind of sh 
shorter with them in terms of you don't argue when you're on prep, but would you say that kind of led into even when you're off of prep, like you did it help you develop even more patience in that way and how you speak to them? Yeah, um, it just helped to because sometimes there are those patients where they argue with you the whole time um, and they're not willing to try. And you just basically you spend that time trying to educate and encourage, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, I'm going to give you a set amount of time. If it doesn't work within that period of time, I'm going to terminate the session because it's not going anywhere. You're not mm-hmm. cooperating. I can't get you to do what you need to do safely. So then we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely helped for that. Nice. In what other areas did like um, being a competitor like impact your life or improve your life? <laughs> I think it helped to um, improve me personally, my posture. Um, because I always felt, and I guess in a sense, I had more like a, what they call a kyphotic, more like a crouch posture, but because of the heels and, you know, the back pose and the being upright for all the posing and stuff like that, I definitely think it helped with that. It definitely helped me feel more comfortable wearing heels. Mm-hmm. I can say that. So um, that's definitely helped too. Uh, it's definitely helped kind of go back to what you just said, um, a little bit more of like assertiveness, more confidence. Um, it's helped in those areas as well, too. So it, it's helped in many different things, a little bit here, a little bit there. Sometimes things I don't even think about. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that the first thing you mentioned with pop was posture. And in your field, obviously, in some cases, you're lifting people. And that can definitely be a load on your posture um so that's that's great that <laughs> you know it helped in that area too especially yeah for sure do you wear heels now outside of competing depends on where i'm going <laughs> okay if i can get away with flats i do but if i go to like a party or a wedding or something i don't mind wearing the heels as much anymore okay yeah okay. That's cute. Right? <laughs> Come on. Like, I don't mind. Right. <laughs> I throw all my pumps. <laughs> Every now and then. That's cool. That is so awesome. Um, I feel like I lost my train of thought just now. You guys- That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else in general like you would like to share with anyone else? Um, in regards to, you know, competition life and work-life balance overall, or just one or the other, anything. Bro, when you own the spot, hey. It's a a struggle. And there are some times where I think, okay, I have a technique down and something happens and it's like, okay, that technique isn't working. I need to do something else. So it's always about trying to adapt and trying to find like what best works for you in that period of time because you might have did something four or five weeks ago and then this week it's just not really cutting it so you have to find another way to kind of manage and make things happen 
that that really was good because it can go towards anything. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm mean, like, oh, my whole life. <laughs> this, te- this technique's not working. Let me try something else. <laughs> That's a mantra. This right. technique is not working. Try something else. <laughs> Try something else. I like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Is there anything that you utilize just to keep you grounded between the type of work that you do and competition? Like, how do you decompress? Naps. <laughs> no. I take naps in my car. I don't care if it's 100 degrees. If I'm tired before I go to the gym, I will take a nap in my car before I get there just so I have enough energy to do what I need to do. Oh my God, it was multiple times that I called you and you're like, yeah, I was just taking a nap or yeah, I was taking right. a nap before I go into the gym. And I'm like, naps. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that answer. <laughs> yes, I love naps. Fair enough, fair enough. That's awesome. Cool. Um, so, final question of the day, unless you have more. You got more, Yolanda? No, 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 I'm ready for that one. <laughs> Final question of the day. What was or has been the realest or rawest moment or emotion that you've experienced during your competition journey? So whether that's work or prep or whatever, give us the real raw real. So for my second competition, um, my gym parents, they came, they were at my first competition. They were at the second one too. And um, after the first competition, gym mom had said, um, you need to work on your smile. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I mean, I was too much like fixated, I guess. And I don't want to say in horror, um, terrified like to be on the stage. So I wasn't really thinking about smiling. And I remember on the um, the second time I went and I competed, <clears throat> and she stood in the corner, and I guess I wasn't smiling. And she's like, girl, you better smile. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I need to smile. <laughs> so... Try my best. And now I always, every time I get on stage, it's like I was in the back of my head, her saying that. Girl, you better smile. <laughs> we need and to have a smile. <laughs> and you heard her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody heard her. <laughs> That's funny. Love it. Love it. Nice. <laughs> okay, so I lied. So, one more question. Ooh. What's the realest piece of advice you can give any competitor, whether they're in the throes of prep, whether they're brand new to the journey? Um, what advice would you give? Um, my advice would be basically, you're gonna see a lot of things online. Um, a lot of people, I know when I started, one of my things were you know, I used to see people work out online and I'm like, am I the only one that sweats? Because I'm not seeing that a drip on anybody. I'm like, is this normal? 
because I've been dripping wet. I look like I peed myself. I mean, do people do that? And then I start to find like other people that, okay, this is actually what really happens. You know, when you work out, it's not just the clip of, hey, I just did this one workout and I'm posting it. I think the thing to keep in mind is that everybody's different. Um, your journey is not going to be like the other person. Um, you're going to have things that you're going to have to experience that they never did. Um, they're going to do things that you might never be able to do, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful. You just basically have to find your own path and it just, it takes time. Yeah, that's real. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> that is Indeed. real. Well, All right, y'all. Letting us get to know you more, letting our listeners get to know you more because you are the enigma or... Um, you say quiet storm? Quiet storm. <laughs> so now we know a little bit more about stuff. Is there anything that you're currently working on? Anything, anybody that you're working with that you want to shout out, promote, any codes you have? So I actually just started working with um, Power Lift. Okay. Um, it's a protein infused water. And we just started talking about it, so I'm still kind of getting to know a little bit more about um, the company and what they stand for and what um, they would like for us to do. And then I'm also working with, I don't know if you can see it, but it's a brand called Astoria. Um, pretty cool brand. They have some really nice stuff. I'm looking forward to continue working with them. I have two other people that I'm working with, um, Iron Grind and also um, Last Set Co. So I'm excited. This is going to be my first year where I'm going to try. Well, each year I do try to be a, a little bit more outside my comfort zone to try something new. So I'm going to see where this takes me. Okay. You're doing great, girl. Congrats on all of those. <laughs> yeah, how can we find some protein water, some Astoria? So I am going to be putting the links um, on my IG account. Um, again, GTGal6. And it's going to have how to reach out to them or purchase from them. Have your codes in there. Mm -hmm. okay. right. Actually, set it up, Yolanda. Hey. <laughs> it only took me several months. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. All things in the right time. And that was the right time for you. So let's get it. Yes, indeed. And we'll also link all of Steph's um, partnerships in the show notes so that if you are interested in the protein water, the Storia, uh, the Last Set Co. And I feel like you mentioned Iron Grind. Iron Grind. We will put those in there so that y'all can check them out too. All right. All right, guys, that is a wrap. We got to know stuff today. Thank you guys for joining us. The real, raw, real. I said it right. <laughs> three. And tune in again. We will continue. Yes, we will continue yeah. to share who we are with y'all so that as we embark on this journey together, you'll know who's talking and what we're about. And we will dive right into another host so stick with us stick with us y'all <laughs> we'll see you on the next pod bye, bye.